Welcome to AACS Today, the official podcast of the American Association of Christian Schools. Thank you for joining us on this episode of AACS Today. My name is Matt Tiskus, Regional Director for the AACS and host of this podcast. We are so pleased to have a panel of experienced educators on today's podcast to discuss what's working now. And we've got a full plate, and we're going to get into some really important issues like grading, workload, and assessment. So stay tuned uh, for the podcast. But our focus today is going to give you, our school leaders and teachers, some very practical tips that might spur an idea or two that you can implement at your school. Uh, and in fact, you might just want to steal the idea. I think we're good at doing that as educators. It's legal theft, and there's nothing shared here that's copyright. Uh, so uh, we're going to jump right in and get some of these practical ideas. So let's meet today's panel uh, and get to know them just a little bit. So first of all, joining us is Dr. Esther Baker, and she is the Assistant Administrator at Bob Jones Academy in Greenville. Uh, Esther, welcome uh, to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. And uh, here's a question for you, Esther. Tell us something that you have learned during the COVID crisis. Glad to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. And I think, I mean, we've learned so many things, haven't we? But one of the things I think I've noticed especially is how quickly we can pivot when we must. And a lot of that comes down to our teachers jumping in and helping each other to accomplish whatever the issue is that the other teacher is struggling with. It's been beautiful. That is so wonderful. Dr. Sam Dalton is with us. And by the way, thank you, Dr. Baker. Um, Dr. Sam Dalton's with us. He is the administrator at Temple Baptist School in Herndon, Virginia. Dr. Dalton, welcome. And please uh, share something with us that surprised you in the last few weeks. Hey, good to be here. Uh, The thing that really shocked me was the amount of appreciation we received as a school. To give you an example, someone wrote me, we're so blessed to have educators like you that care about our children continue their education almost flawlessly. You continue to teach them with love, compassion, positivity, and energy. Thank you for keeping their lives consistent. I was shocked by this kind of stuff. Somebody even gave us a gift of $7,000. So I wasn't expecting this. I was expecting a lot more anxiety. So it's been... On the most part, it's been it's been wonderful. That is great. And then Dr. Dan Brocky is with us. He's the administrator at Grace Christian School in Huntington, West Virginia. And Dr. Brocky also serves as the executive director of the West Virginia Christian Education Association. So Dr. Brocky, welcome to the podcast. And let me ask you this question as we get started. What have you most enjoyed about the last few weeks? I've enjoyed seeing God work in our people. Uh, our teachers have had a try-it attitude, our parents, and it's been exciting to see God's favor on this process as things are coming together. We're getting those same kind of remarks that Sam's school is getting, and it's been exciting to see God blessing our efforts. Yeah, it's it's so encouraging to hear, uh, as I talk to school leaders, the positive feedback that many of them are getting and, you know, the ability to pivot quickly, I, I think um, I think Dr. Baker may have mentioned that in her opening comments there, but the ability to pivot quickly has been incredible to watch our schools uh, just take this challenge and run with it and experience some really good success early on. So that's good. And we want to we want to encourage that. Um, I'd like to each I'd like for each panelist to just share in about 30 to 60 seconds or less how their school has tackled uh, the distance learning on your campus. So give us a little bit about 
uh, platforms or tools or resources that you're using uh, just to help our listeners know uh, what's out there if, if they're still wrestling with some of these things. Dr. Baker, I'm going to go to you first. Okay, so we are in day number seven, just the way our spring break fell of doing this online thing. What we're doing is at the elementary level, the teachers are using Seesaw, and the homeroom teacher is acting as the channel for all that child's work, whether it's from a related arts teacher or not. At the secondary level, we have Google Classroom that was already in place with a one-to-one program at the high school. We've kind of expanded that out some at the, at the middle school. But those are the two platforms that we're using. Okay. And Dr. Brocky, tell us about platforms or other resources or tools you're using. We've been using Canvas as our LMS for a number of years in a blended learning environment in grades 6 through 12. So that was a natural. We brought our elementary onto Canvas this past week. And uh, so they are, teachers are recording videos, putting it up. Uh, grading their work uploaded through Canvas. And then we've uh, implemented Zoom classrooms twice a week for elementary, socialization type of things, relationally. And then each sixth through 12th grade class has one Zoom class every day with a different teacher and uh, doing some review and different things. But I think it's very important that they see our faces and connect with us. So uh, that's what we're doing so far. Okay, good. And Dr. Dalton, tell us about platforms or tools or resources that you're using on your campus. Okay, we didn't have any uh, electronic learning at all, so we went from zero to 100 miles an hour. We <laughs> went with Microsoft Teams, and we're using Zoom, uh, mostly Zoom for kindergarten, and then you sort of get more into Teams as we get closer. Then we had to come up with a high school schedule. So the kids uh, have, a, have a regular class schedule in the morning, afternoons, or one-on-one time with the teacher with Zoom. It's worked out pretty nice. Trial and error. So just to clarify, though, you're having live classes on a daily basis for your high school students, correct? Yes, yes. Okay. All right. Very good. Well, let's, let's dive into one of the, the burning questions. And I know, um, like Dr. Baker just mentioned, um, her school is just seven days into this. So... Um, we don't have all the answers, but we, w- we just want to have a discussion to try and help you think through uh, some of these things. So we're thinking about uh, grading, and this is a question that we're getting in our, in our office. How have you adjusted academic expectations? How are you handling grading and workload? What's an appropriate workload? What about assignments uh, or assessments and projects? So I'm dumping a lot on you there, um, but... Um, what could you comment to about that to help our, our listeners? And Dr. Brocky, I'm going to come to you first uh, with this, and then I'll go to Dr. Dalton and Dr. Baker. What does that look like on your campus for some of those things? We've really tried to encourage our teachers to uh, remember this looks like a marathon right now. So uh, we want them to take care of themselves with grading and uh, workload, but also our students. So we have run two surveys at the end of the first two weeks of instruction online and we're trying to keep elementary work at home two to three hours and then six through 12 not above four to five hours of work Um, but i think we are trying to stress essentials what do they need to know going into the next grade level Um, marshall university in our town has gone with a 
credit, non-credit option for college classes. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of pressure from parents that students' grades do not drop this last quarter as we go online. So we're trying to balance those things, but uh, trying to get our teachers to take care of themselves, but also remember students are really making the decision today where they want to go to school. We need to minister to them, help them to have hope, joy, and uh, really encourage them to like us, I think, during this time. Okay, Dr. Dalton, um, Dr. Brocky gave us some good input on maybe some workload, but um, what what would you say about like assessments, projects, uh, number of assignments, uh, due dates, any, any comments that could help our listeners along those lines? What we've noticed is that even in the same family, kids are having trouble adjusting or maybe embracing it. So we, what we ask them to do, the teachers, is to uh, just be accommodating. There's a certain amount of family stress going on here. Uh, so we've sort of backed down, you know, we, we're all for rigor, but I think this is not the time to be super rigorous. So what we've tried to do is just be accommodating and give those kids who are struggling a little more time, a little more zoom time and, uh, and assure the parents that, Hey, we're all in this together. We'll get through and don't panic because there's been some panic, but other people have said, Oh, I've got, I've got extra time now, but not everyone has that problem. So. I think it's just being accommodating to the students and realizing that the Lord has to help us and give us wisdom. Yeah. And Dr. Baker, it sounds like adjusting our expectations is appropriate in this, this unprecedented moment in our country's history. Um, any, any thoughts related to those, those things at your school there in Greenville? Yeah. With the adjusting expectations, one parallel maybe would be when a student is out sick for a long extended period of time, like with cancer or whatever. What we've done is taken what we would do with that type of student and applied that just en masse, which is reduce it to the absolute essentials necessary to move on to next year um, to try to immediately drop workload for the teachers and the students. And that would be true across the board. But at the, at the elementary level, we're only doing the core classes. We just dropped, just, just dropped like a hot rock the other ones. And same at the middle school. And then at the high school, of course, we need to get credits. So we're mainly hitting all the classes, but still reducing the expectations to what's critical to move forward. Yeah. And for school leaders who are wrestling with this, which would be all of us, <laughs> for school leaders who are wrestling, know that our counterparts in public education are asking the same questions. And they they are certainly adjusting their expectations and how they're grading um, as well. So I'm sure you know some of that is going to be where you're at regionally in the country. Um, but those expectations from what I'm hearing have been adjusted way, way, way down. And so um, we have to strike a balance there. And I think that's what you all are saying, but we have to be realistic. This is not the same as having our students in the classroom. And I think that's really important. Okay, let's move on. Thank you for that answer. those answers. Uh, Dr. Baker, uh, I'm going to bring this question to you. Since our schools are not physically meeting together, some things, many things have gone by the wayside, but keeping our kids connected is important. And one of the things I know many of our students and school leaders and faculty miss is chapel. So tell us how you've handled that at Bob Jones Academy. So we're combining our chapel and Bible uh, into one kind of unit. And it's a once a week um, event. It's a, it's a video for both and both levels. So at the elementary level, our principal is doing a video that's distributed the same video to all 
the children. At the secondary level, we asked Rand Hummel, who's the director of the Wilds of New England, if he would help us out. So he has recorded videos on the book of James. And that's once a week, all those students get it, which should make it easier for the parents instead of having a bunch of different Bible classes, but still bring that sense of unity and uh, moving forward spiritually together. And there's very little assessment that's connected with that, none at the elementary and really minimal at the secondary level. Uh, so that's good. But I thought that I thought that's a great suggestion. If you if you hadn't considered recording a, a chapel service once a week and then even combining it with Bible, that's a great way to do that. So I think that's a that's a really uh, good suggestion. But we want to make sure we're keeping kids connected. And specifically, I'm thinking about our seniors. Um, this is their last year. And there are so many things that are a part of kind of that senior experience, especially in the spring, very difficult for them. So uh, Dr. Brocky, tell us just what you've communicated to your uh, seniors and what that looks like. Uh, well, we had a Zoom meeting with parents and uh, we assured parents that uh, we are going to have their regular commencement. That's a big deal at our place. So whether that's in May, June, or July, uh, we're going to have that, ask our school family to come and support it. Um, public schools in our area are uh, adjusting their proms, so we are looking at our junior-senior banquet, sending out a survey about that, but we want to seem very re, uh, responsive and in, interested in their needs. Uh, I'm familiar with uh, Christian Academy of Knoxville, Tennessee, and I just want to encourage you to take a look at their Facebook page. They are featuring a senior every so often with a childhood picture, a senior picture, and then some information just to kind of honor them. But they've got a lot of neat things going on. But basically, we're just trying to make sure they know that we're interested, we care, and uh, we're engaged. That's good. And Dr. Dalton, you had shared that um, you all were planning to do something a little different there in Virginia. So what do you all have planned for your seniors? Uh, what we're going to try to do is have them come into the auditorium by, per family. And right now we're on the one to 10 thing. So we can only have 10 in a room, but we still have it worked out so that we can still have the graduation. We'll just put families in different rooms. At least that's what we've assured them of. I felt it was important to get something out there to them. I'm sure there was going to be, you know, anxiety. So it's it's a similar thing. We're just letting them know, hey, something's going to happen, and we're going to take care of you. Yeah, and like with anything in in life, communication is so important, and uh, especially for those seniors. So there's there's some good suggestions there. Um, Dr. Dalton, back to you with this question. Dr. Baker was talking about recording chapel services, uh, but you all have kept your music lessons going virtually. Tell us about that. And even you've actually grown the program a little bit uh, since we've gone to some of this distance learning. So tell us what that looks like for you. Yeah, it's kind of a, you know, making uh, lemonade out of the lemons. It, uh, the idea of uh, music lessons, I think we probably got about 90 or so lessons with two full-time music teachers and three part-time. And uh, we pretty much switched over right away to uh, – virtual and then we started picking up i started putting out on facebook took you know taking pictures of it taking movies on each end and then people started thinking hey i, I need to do that so we've actually picked up we even picked up a non-student so a little way to to, to grow the program unexpectedly yeah which is always nice on the revenue side i'm sure we could all use some additional revenue <laughs> in these days so that that that's a good thing and i'm sure um 
I'm sure your families have given good feedback about that because it, it helps provide a sense of normalcy for our students in a time when their whole world's been turned upside down. Absolutely. So I think that's, that's really good. Dr. Brocky, I want to come to you on uh, feedback. You mentioned some surveys earlier and uh, you've shared uh, those with us. And I'm going to be sharing at least one of the surveys that you have sent to your parents uh, with our listeners, we'll make that uh, a link in our on our resource in our resources uh, below the podcast. But uh, how often, Dr. Brocky, are you surveying your families? Um, right now, we've uh, had a survey at the end of each week. Uh, the first two weeks, uh, this is a shorter week. We're not going to survey, but uh, in our mission statement is the phrase "partnering with parents." So trying to get input from them, asking questions like uh, the workload for my student last week was insufficient, reasonable, satisfactory, challenging, overwhelming. You know, how much time are they spending on it? Um, The first week we asked if they would like to add Zoom classes to what we're doing. You know, uh, asking questions about, you know, uploading assignments, has been uh, straightforward, doable, difficult, frustrating. You know, and every, the last, from the first week to the second week, we saw a drop in frustration levels, different things. You know, overall, my experience has been uh, pleasant, achievable, adequate, or frustrating. But then at the end, we just have an open-ended question. Um, I wish my teachers and administration knew, and then parents can just put what they want. But um, I think just them having a voice. And then after the first survey, we did different Zoom meetings with different grade levels and went through the results. Then we sent them the survey results. The second time, we just emailed them out. And then we did a little recording of how we're adjusting based upon the survey results. So I think for parents to know that they have a voice, we are actually partnering, we're trying. We're doing the best we can. And um, so I think it's been a real positive for us. We're not planning to do one this week because of the shorter week, but then we'll do it again next week and see where we're at. What what a phenomenal thing to do because, you know, sometimes, you know, as a parent, you, you just get information and you have no outlet to, to speak to that information uh, unless you you reach out you know proactively to like an administrator, um, this is great because on the survey you know as I look through the results you've actually highlighted areas I'm assuming those highlights are areas of like concern right like mm-hmm. ooh we're seeing this group here ninth grade has spent um, a lot of time on their on their coursework and that's probably more than what we want so it allows you to adjust um, and make changes on the fly. And that's so encouraging for a family to know, hey, it doesn't have to stay this way forever. We can, um, the school's making adjustments and and they're doing things. So I thought that was good. And I'm excited that we get to share uh, some of those things with our, uh, with our listeners. Um, How much parental assistance are you finding that your students need? And and what do you feel like Dr. Brocky is kind of the baby bears porridge on this in your opinion? Yeah. You know, that's been one of the, uh, questions is my child's been able to do it with no assistance, limited assistance, or much assistance. So, uh, you know, teachers would understand different students take more time. I think parents are beginning to understand that even in the same household. But we want it to be doable. 
you know, you see all this stuff on Facebook about now we're homeschooling. They're not, you know, we're providing the instruction. They are assisting and we want these things. We share with our teachers in virtual meetings every week results. How we need to lighten up on this or we need to make this more user friendly. So I think we want to keep parents as unencumbered as they're dealing with life as possible. And I think we need to realize as we continue to move into this thing, you know, the head of the ER in our area was told people that you know are going to die. And I think that's going to be true for some of our families. There may be a grief factor as well. So I think getting input and working with them is very important. That's good. So good. Thanks for sharing that. Matt, one other thing that we've done is set up virtual office hours, one during the school day, one in the evening for our teachers. Parents can go on the website, sign up for a 15-minute slot. Teachers are notified. They would send a Zoom invitation to the parent. We've had very little uh, interest or very few people taking us up on it. But in the surveys, it's been a very positive thing knowing that parents appreciate the option. Dr. Baker, let's move to you with this question. The academic portion of our distance education program, obviously very important, but we cannot neglect and we shouldn't neglect some of the culture building and some of the fun side of things. And I know that you all have implemented some very interesting ideas around leveraging social media to build and strengthen relationships. So please share with us a little bit about those things that you've implemented. Yeah, this started off really with the idea of how can we show love to one another and really trying to think that through. And out of that came the idea of having um, and borrowing ideas from other people as well, but borrowing, having Facebook themes for the week. So one of the themes was what are you, how are you setting up your spaces, your educational spaces? And then this week's theme is shelfies. So they're showing themselves. There's a picture that the parents are turning in um, with the child with their favorite book. And then there's a, drawing at the end of the week for one of those that's been turned in and they win a gift card to the school uniform supplier. And that has been so much happy. It has been just tremendous. And we expected higher engagement on the elementary level, but we're getting more engagement at the secondary level than we kind of anticipated um, with that. And By then the way, one Dr. Thing B- did, let, me, let me interrupt yeah. you for a second. Do you have, do you have a list of those that you've planned out for the rest of the year? Um, no. <laughs> next week is an art theme. Okay. But I don't think we have a theme for the next week yet. Yeah. So it's, it's a developing. Yeah. And that, that's just great. Though. I think that's such a practical idea. And I hope our schools will latch onto that and use something like that because, boy, you're just, you're, you're connecting your families. And we cannot uh, say enough about how important that is for your school uh, to do that. So anyway, I'm sorry I interrupted. Carry on, please. That's okay. The first Friday of the month is a um, our school spirit day. So this fr- this last weekend, last Friday, what we did was post a picture of our administrative team on Zoom singing the school spirit song, and we were in crazy outfits or crazy something. And uh, we ha- some of us had to come in physically into the office, but we you know stayed safe, but um, because we couldn't get the audio recording done online very well, but we laughed our heads off ourselves. But then when we posted that, little kids are watching it over and over and over again. Parents think it's great. It was just very kind of the lighthearted side of things um, for our school spirit day. So that was a, a very fun activity that we did as well. Yeah. Those are just practical. They don't take uh, money 
and they don't take a lot of time to do those things and you have a great time doing it. So that culture, building that culture, keeping some of that sense of normalcy is, is important. Uh, let's shift, shift gears. Uh, Dr. Dalton, some of our schools have expressed concern about how to best serve pre-K students and families well during this time of learning. Uh, what does that look like for you all at Temple? Okay, so pre-K, we had to eliminate daycare. Uh, even though we, we were allowed to by the state, we just didn't think it was safe for our staff. So we, we continued the, the classroom learning, which was like from 8 to 12, and we did it via Zoom. And it is amazing to see our teachers do what they do. I mean, they stand there in front of their laptops. They're engaging. Uh, people are sending me pictures. They're thanking us. And here's these three-year-olds, you know, and they're using a whiteboard, some sort of a place where they can draw the letters. Uh, it's a, it's an amazing thing to see. I, I was kind of curious, how in the world are we going to get K3 kids to participate in Zoom? But we did. And she makes them all sit in the chair. You got to sit in the chair. You got to raise your hand. So uh, it's worked out really well for us, and we're, we're thankful for it. And, and, what, and once again, it's been a live class. So how, how long would you say, I mean, from 8 to 12, does, does the class no, go that entire time? No, that's, the, uh, that's generally what the teacher's doing. Uh, it's, it's probably about 40 minutes. And then she does individual ones. So she might do that anytime. She'll make an appointment with the parent. And I've gotten a lot of videos on that where the kid's sitting there and they're just interacting, learning a letter. Uh, uh, one kid was learning to read in K3, which was a great video for the school. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, it's designed for K3, but the teachers are staying busy, though. So that's a, that's a good thing. That's good. Dr. Dalton, let me stay with you on this question. Um, how have you helped your teachers, especially ones with children at home, balance caring for themselves and their families during this time, as well as caring for their students? Well, one way is that we took teachers who weren't very busy because the workloads shift very, you know, you had some people with massive workloads and then other people with nothing to do. So what we took the teachers with less to do and we put them in charge of a room where the staff kids were. So they were like support for the staff kids so the moms could relax a little bit. Another thing we did is we asked the, the like we have a mom with five kids, do you want to work here? Is it better for you to work here? If we work at home, that might be a real problem for you. So we, we sort of let let it up to them and just say, how how can we help you? We know that this isn't going to be perfect. We know it's stress on you, but we want to help you. Just tell us what we can do. So that's been the approach. Dr. Brocky, what about at Grace? What does that look like? Uh, well, we're trying to make sure that our teachers take care of themselves. Uh, one of the things that we're just researching, I sent out an uh, letter to our, or an email last night to our hourly employees asking who might be interested in being hired to provide support to teachers, grading, uh, online submissions, putting them in the grade book for teachers, and obviously they'd have to be trained in things, but we're, we're trying to uh, do that. We ordered some more laptops. I ordered a lot of little tripods. Uh, with Bluetooth remotes off of Amazon to uh, equip our teachers, but trying to get them materials and then also providing IT support for them, whatever that might be. So um, just trying to be a help in those ways. Yeah, sure. Dr. Dalton, back to you. You mentioned 
that you were impressed with your team's adaptation and collaboration during this time. What impressed you and, and what did that look like for your teachers as you all were preparing to launch uh, something that you didn't already have in place? Well, the first thing we did was we all met together, you know, try to keep the social distancing thing. And then we decided on the platform, which was Microsoft Teams, because it was just what our IT guys preferred. So then we had to break it down per, you know, department. So then they would meet individually, say, now how do we make this work? So it was a lot of collaboration. And then it was, first it was group collaboration. And then it's sort of broken down into different units to see what will work for each. You know, obviously, K3 chemistry is not going to work. But it, uh, that's what we did. And uh, I was just so impressed because we, we did. We went from ground zero uh, to full-blown in one week. And uh, the Lord just helped us do it. Yeah, and that can be encouraging. Dr. Dalton, what is your enrollment at your school? Give, give us an idea. Uh, 235. Okay, so I mean that's that that's a, a pretty a typical Christian school. So if if there's a school leader out there saying, "Oh, I'm I'm not sure what to do," I mean, it, it's possible to get it up and going in in a pretty short amount of time. It takes a, a lot of work, I'm sure Dr. Dalton would tell you, um, but the teachers have really uh, they really rise to the occasion, and uh, you know that's encouraging to hear. You don't have to be a school of five, six hundred, or a thousand. Um, you can be a school of 230 and get something up and going and just get incredible feedback like Dr. Dalton shared earlier in this podcast. And I know the others on the podcast have similar pieces of feedback, but uh, that's just so good. Well, I want to finish, and, and Dr. Baker, I'm going to start with you and then uh, go to Dr. Dal- um, Dr. Dalton and then Dr. Brocky As we kind of wrap up this podcast, it's been very helpful, but we just some final words of encouragement for the teachers and the school leaders who are out there, what, what would you share with them, uh, Dr. Baker? Just in our, in our walking with the Lord and, and being faithful, um, I think that kind of spills over into specifically with this, we're learning something new. And so we're going to be going through trial and error and the Lord is going to take care of the consequences. It's okay to fail. Just keep growing, keep failing forward and see what the Lord does with it. That's good. I love that phrase, fail forward. That's a great phrase. Thank you for that. Dr. Dalton, what would you share? I'm a big uh, Winston Churchill fan. And uh, when when the Blitz came in London, he was the the voice of reason and calm when all the bombs were falling. And that's kind of what's happening. And uh, the thing is, we don't need to be Winston. We have the Lord. But it's a good example that the leader's got to be calm, reassuring, and just helping in any way possible and just say, we can get through this. We can get through this. The Lord will help us. And uh, that's just my advice for any leader of a school. That's wonderful. And Dr. Brocky, what would you say? I would just encourage us all to be still and know that he is God. And these are not our schools. Let's not flatter ourselves. It's not dependent on us. He is going to take care of his schools the gates of hell will not prevail about against us. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's going to provide and protect here. So let's trust him together. The, those are some wonderful pearls of wisdom for you as a school leader or a teacher out there, you know, to know that God is in control. And yeah, we need to be still. Sometimes I find myself going back and forth between uh, being very anxious and, you know, feeling like uh, the world is coming to an end. And then I take the other extreme and we just, we just have to remember who, who the Lord is. And especially this week, as we reflect on the resurrection 
and the power that that gives us as believers and the fact that um, death has been overcome, sin has been defeated, the grave has been defeated, and we have real hope and victory in that. And we need to reflect on that. And many times we're busy. We don't do a good job taking time to stop and reflect. And so um, these things are good. Well, we hope, and I, and I know it has been, we, but we hope that this has been an encouragement to you. There are just a smattering of practical tips and ideas of what is working now. And perhaps we'll come back with this panel or others and share similar things as we get further down the road. Uh, but I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. I want to thank our panelists for joining us, uh, Dr. Brocky, Dr. Baker, and Dr. Dalton. I know you all have very busy schedules, so I'm grateful for your time and your investment in this podcast. Um, thanks for listening to this episode of AACS Today. We'll be back with you very soon. God bless.